0: So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, real estate, insurance, anything to help get you to retirement. 20 years ago, I came to the state of California in the month of November. I met some friends and they said, you got to come up to Lake Tahoe and ski with us. And I did. And it was magical. It was a good winter that year. We got dumped on 36 inches of snow that weekend. and I got my hot tub in the mountains for the first time in my life. And I've never looked back. Joining me now to talk a little bit about Lake Tahoe, Truckee, Squaw, the mountain life is my real estate agent from the area, Wade Holiday? How are you, Wade? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. So 20 years ago, my life was changed. And uh, ever since that day, I was like, I got to own a place up there. And last year, I took the leap, and I did it. And uh, I thought I was going to end up in an incline, because that's magical. And then, no, that didn't quite. I met you, and we kind of looked around, and... And we looked at West uh, Tahoe, maybe a little more affordable. Uh, Then we kind of figured out I've got kids, and Truckee was the place for me, or Squaw would have been good. Um, My kids love it. I want to say thank you for that experience, and uh, thank you for helping me figure that out last year.
1: Absolutely, and that was a a beautiful image you just painted of the uh, skiing and the hot tub and and, uh, the beauty of the mountains. That's what brings us all up here.
2: I wonder if I would have won Tahoe if that first time I went up there, there was no snow and we couldn't ski. But as it was, <laughs> <laughs> we're dealt with the best, I think. Tell us a little bit about it's what's happening. Tell us a little bit about what's happening right now in the Truckee Tahoe area.
1: So we're coming off of one of the uh, largest winters in recorded history, as, as most of you probably know from watching the news. And uh, so this spring, we have pretty tremendous melt-off. It's it's beautiful and sunny and the the market's picking up. but this winter was definitely uh, a little slower in the market with so much snow falling from the sky and uh, making the roads difficult. so it was it was an interesting winter. Uh, February and March were were quite slow real estate months, but really good ski months.
2: Yeah, it was a, a pretty magical winter and one of the things I've learned in the last year from having two boys in the Tahoe Truckee area is that Tahoe Truckee is so much more than just winter and skiing. Um, it's, it's, the summers were fantastic. I'm really stoked to get up there in the next couple of weeks when soccer wraps up and I can uh, get the kids on bicycles. And with all that snow, there's going to be great rafting this year, I would imagine, right?
1: Absolutely. Rafting, fishing, uh, boating, just the, all the lakes are, are full uh, to the brim and the, the rivers are flowing. And what's interesting, is you just mentioned, the skiing and the hot tubbing, and then that image for Tahoe. But uh, we have a saying up here that people people come here for the winters, but they stay for the summers because the summers are so beautiful. You know, we just don't don't have rattlesnakes and many bugs and things like that, and the weather's perfect. And you get up out of the valley, and uh, you know, it's just the the recreation is awesome, or just you know, sitting on the lake or sitting on the rivers. It's a good spot in the summer as well.
2: It's pretty interesting because. Um the conception or the perception that i had of the tahoe area was really tied towards the lake tahoe and maybe not the best restaurants but the restaurants are amazing um super high-end truckie off the hook uh you can go out and drop a lot of money on food for sure but also like some of the mom and pop some of the barbecue places are are top-notch as well how has the area evolved in the last 20 years that you've been there
1: well, twenty is a big bite. I have been here for over twenty years, yeah. but uh, a lot of the the evolution has actually happened since the uh, since the big recession, since you know, between twelve and now. Okay, uh, between oh six oh seven and two thousand twelve was definitely uh, much tighter time up here. Everything thinned down. The restaurants weren't quite as good. Um, you know, before that, they were definitely starting to change, but it still felt. Uh, Felt like a smaller town, whereas since 12 to now, uh, that the improvements in all the restaurants, the quality, the, uh, you know, the finishes, you go to a place like Bar of America and everything's really nice now, whereas then it was kind of, kind of more, uh, a little rougher. So a lot of that has happened in the last, uh, you know, basically in this this economy where, where everything's going awfully well. And uh, a lot of people from from your neck of the woods want to be up in the mountains and have their, their taste of it. So it's uh, kind of brought the, the taste of San Francisco and the Bay Area up to Tahoe even more.
2: It's interesting that you say from my area, yeah. and you're right, Northern California, San Francisco, Bay Area, um, when we visit, we fall in love, and then we're like, hey, why not? why don't we stick around a little bit longer? You helped me in that process, and that was incredibly valuable because – Drive up there and see places. It's a task. And we did it in three trips and it was perfect timing. And you one of the things you did really well was you narrowed my focus down for me, which I didn't even think was possible. Um how are you are you still seeing a lot of business come from Northern California?
1: Oh uh, still yes, absolutely. Probably ninety-five percent okay uh, uh, I'm gonna go, maybe it's not quite that high, but it is quite high. It's basically uh, you know, we are just a driving distance from the Bay Area. So while we do have you know, East Coast a little bit and, and even uh, you know, international um and LA, the majority of our of our business uh in second homes and vacations and people coming up to to stay in the in hotels is is still from from the Northern California area. Uh it's got even more from, from Sacramento, and the Central Valley, but historically the Bay Area is ninety percent of uh, of the people that come up here. And what's interesting about what you just mentioned is that narrowing down thing is that everybody has an idea of what they, you know, if they vacationed up here, what they love about it, and then finding the area that's the best fit for what they love about Tahoe is, is what uh, what I think a good real estate agent can do.
2: I think you're a great real estate agent. Props to you for that because you, you, you hit a home run for me, and I have nothing but props and compliments on that. What do you think about your new neighbor coming up, Mark Zuckerberg, buying two big pieces of land up there in the last year? Um, maybe you know, Maybe we'll like, get a new uh, airport out of it or something.
1: Well, it's a beautiful area where he went. He's right there on the West Shore. Um, I've spent a lot of time on the West shore of Lake Tahoe over the years. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little quieter spot down there. It tends to be one of that when I'm looking at, uh, at people. And I think I even told you this, it's kind of a, the farther you get down the West shore, the more the, uh, the atmosphere is almost like you're camping. You're not driving out as much, especially in the summertime, but, uh, but it's a pretty spot and he's, uh, he's in, he's in a, of course, a beautiful spot as you would expect. Um, I was kind of surprised that somebody, uh, like him, didn't choose uh, to be on the Nevada side because we do get, you know, most of that uh, that demographic would choose to be in Nevada and find a way to, find a way to make that uh, Nevada tax haven. Yeah,
2: I don't think he's worried too much about taxes, to be honest with you.
1: I think you're probably right. I don't have any clue about that. I just know that a lot of people do look at incline if they're going to try to make it, uh, you know, six months.
2: Well, wait, I got about a minute, minute and a half left. Is there anything else you could tell us about now is a good time because there was so much pent up snow, and people weren't able to get up there this winter?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, it is definitely a good time. Uh, we're getting we're seeing the inventory increase. Good. Quite quite uh, quite quickly right now, um, whereas uh, it was it's still you know really low though. So we only have about three hundred sixty homes on the market in North Tahoe in general right now, whereas there's been years when I could say there was three hundred sixty homes on the market in Tahoe Donner where we ended up uh, you know looking for you quite a bit. Right now there's thirty six homes in Tahoe Donner and 360 in the whole North Lake Tahoe area. So it's, a, uh, it's definitely a thinner market, but it's increasing. I mean, every week I go on three tours for three different areas every week, and we, I see 10 to 20 new houses coming on, which is pretty standard for this time of year, things coming off of uh, ski leases and people coming on for the spring, summer season. So our inventory tends to increase quite a bit right about now.
2: Thanks very much, Wade. People can find you at wadeholiday.com. You'll give us an update hopefully in the summer. They can find you at wadeholiday.com. If they need your cell phone number, they can contact me, Robert, rob at And I'll hand that out, but it's Wade Holiday, Really good guy. And one of the things that I like about an agent is when he could be just totally honest with you. There was moments where he's like, yeah, you don't want a steep driveway. Not in snow. no, nah, nah. Perfect location for me. I'm really pleased. Wadeholiday.com. Uh, I'm I'm Rob Black. Oh, hey.
0: We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. A lot of you are probably like, why did you just interview a guy from. Tahoe Truckee area. Um, I think we all should have goals. I don't live a lavish lifestyle. Uh, I have a Sharks sweatshirt on for basically seven days of the week. Uh, keeps me warm in the mornings. When you wake up at four in the morning and you have to drag yourself into San Francisco or Fremont, it's chilly. Um, I'm very humble. Uh, I've got a pair of shoes that are holes in them. Like very very humble. Uh, my briefcase is a gym bag cause I shower at said gym and I know you're saying, wow. So you really went all in when you went and said, I'm going to get a second home and escape home. couple things. I've got enough money to do it. Um, it's a luxury for me and I treat it as a luxury, but for my kids, it's a break. I think the Bay area is a very, very brutal place to grow up competitively. Um, cause we have some of the smartest parents here. If you take a look if you go to Google, you walk down the hallways, it's it's intimidating. I once did it with a client and uh, uh this was 15 years ago and he's like, "Oh, that guy there, he's got a patent in blah blah blah. That guy there, he his his Wikipedia page talks about his his mapping technology. This guy here has a Wikipedia page on, you know, algorithms used to space ta- time travel." I'm like, "Space time travel?" He's like, "Just kidding." But it can be pretty intimidating here because that guy's kids are smart and are expected to be smart. Culturally speaking, there's a lot of pressure on kids. So one of the things I always liked as a kid was I grew up in an era where you're, you know, you can go into the woods. Uh, You can ride your bike anywhere in town. You can kind of escape. And that's not really the case anymore. I don't know if we've become too much of helicopter parents or what have you. But that release for kids, I think, is, is is needed. And super important uh, to let them be kids and see what a tree looks like. I've got a friend who has a place up in Squaw, which is probably the area to be if you're going to be an advanced skier. Truckee's a great place for the beginner skiers. Uh, They all have kind of like different angles, but he said something beautiful to me. Uh, First and foremost, he bought me a six-pack of beer for my birthday, which I think is great. So we're having beers. And he he goes, you know why I bought it in Squaw? a second home from a family he said, I want my kids to learn danger. And I, I, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he's like, yeah, when you let your kids go to the Creek, when you let them climb up a mountain, when you go, let them skin a knee, they learn to take chances and they learn risk and reward. And I'm like, pretty good dad. Uh, it's one of the things I like about that concept. Now, what I was saying is it's a luxury for me. And I worked really, really hard and I don't even drive a nice car. I have a pickup truck, um, which is funny. In my 20s, I had a car. A friend of mine out of college gave me a Toyota Tercel. And if you know anything about Toyotas, they last forever. And this was a blue. (laughs) I have pictures of it if you ever want to see it. It's a great money lesson because I got a car for free. And she said, here's the only trick. You got to keep driving it till it falls apart. I had the car for over 15 years. I didn't have a car payment till my mid thirties. That's pretty amazing, right? Now, what's more interesting about that? That's when I started my investment advisory business back on the East coast. And that's when I met Chad, but that's a different story. Uh, But the car didn't have air conditioning. (laughs) I know you're saying you lived in an era where the cars had no air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I go to business meetings and I have to take two shirts because in, in New York or the East Coast, it's, it's 100 degrees during the summer. And it's you're dripping with sweat from the humidity. Just walking to your car, you get sweaty. So I'd always take two shirts and it's pretty interesting. As soon as you hit the bridges in New York, I would take off my shirt. So I was shirtless. So all the sweat would dry kind of thing. And then I get another shirt brand new that's pressed that I would put on before I'd go to the business meeting. Um, but that's how you get ahead in life. You do stupid stuff like that. I didn't have a car payment for 15 years. I'll never have a $100,000 car. I don't want one. I'd rather feed a village in in India. Do villages in India need food? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'll I'll send money. That could be my thing. Uh, You know what I want to see in real life one day is an elephant. If I could ever go to one of those habitats and, and help elephants who have been mutilated and cut their tusks off or horrible things like that. That's on my bucket list. So I have little things that are on my list. Some of them are more expensive than others, uh, but none of them are really super luxury. This is the biggest luxury that I'll ever have. Um, And just to give you an idea, um, at one point in time, I'm a big hockey fan. If you know the show, you know that. Uh, At one point in time, I got tickets to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I was like, I should have bought more because I could have sold them and then got into the game for free. So I was offered four Stanley Cup tickets and I only needed to go with one person, you know, my good buddy, my best friend, whatever it is. Right. So I've always had that concept of not hustling, but making your dollars go as far as they can. So if you can get four at face value and sell two in the aftermarket, those two that you sell in the aftermarket, take a big bite out of what you just paid for that quote unquote luxury. I don't know. Do you think like this or or do you just approach life as uh, throw money at it? It happens. So there's a couple trade shows going on, hospitality and leisure shows, where you can learn all about gambling and casinos and such like that. I say, anytime you see a trade show, take a look at it. I gave a speech a couple of years ago at Quicken. Quicken has a really good accounting software, and they kind of bring out all their developers and all their high spenders and they kind of educate them on all the new ways to use the technology. You can learn more by going through those trade show halls than you can by watching CNBC. I like CNBC because to me, it's kind of like I used to refer to it as financial porn where it doesn't serve a lot of purpose. It doesn't really make a connection with you. I think Bloomberg's much better, but even that is a little too shallow for me at times. So as an investor, learn what you're good at, learn like see things, open your mind, if it's on CNBC, that person probably has a conflict, is, is what I'm getting at. Whether they own it or they want to come across as looking super smart, there's probably some sort of conflict. Um, and if you think you can get an investment tip from your friend, you know, it, it goes back to that, that idea. You can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Um, same thing with investments. Don't take stock tips from friends. You know who, don't, who, who doesn't invest are people who took stock tips from their friends and got burned. Um I've got a friend for instance who works at Uber and he's gone way out of his way to brag and be uh crazy big about it, right? You would think it could do no harm. He, he's probably one of the biggest cheerleaders for the company and he doesn't even know it. Now he doesn't tell me go buy, you know, Uber because he knows what I do for 11 kind of thing. But don't take stock tips from your friend because if you get burned then you're going to say it's the stock market's rigged against you. And it's not. This market was hitting all-time highs last year, the year before, the year before, the year before. This year, we got there. We had, we're having a great year. And then some Trump things happened. And it's an opportunity. You get to buy at a lower price instead of at a premium. So a lot of wisdom is going to be pushed out at a seminar coming up in Las Gatos, 12 House Hotel. You can sign up for the event by going to robloxshow.com It's robloxshow.com It's Thursday, 630, to 830. I'm giving up a Thursday. If there's a hockey game on, I'm probably going to have it on my phone at the seminar. Just telling you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
0: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW.
2: Looks like Uber's going to open around $43. Where will it go after that? We don't know, but it was actually priced around $44.45 just an hour or two ago. So they're having problems getting the public into it at the right price and getting everyone satisfied. It'll get done. But this is pretty late in the morning at this point in time for them to uh, get it out there. The latest I've ever seen an IPO debut is right around 1230. And that was for Spotify. And Spotify did this weird thing where they weren't quite doing an IPO. They, weren't, they were not doing a direct listing. Long story short, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the things I was just talking about is don't take advice from friends because your definition of risk may be different than their definition of risk. And to give you an example of that, earlier in the show, Chad Burton uh, was on. And uh, he... Got an email from someone named Sheila. And the first thing I thought about was Sheila. would well, I know the word Sheila, Australians call female Sheila. Hey, that's a good at Sheila there. But in Irish, Sheila means blind. <laughs> kind of crazy, right? In Hindi, Sheila means gentle. So we all have different valuations that we put on words and meanings. And let me give like throw out another quick story and, and tell you like, you got to be your own investor and you have to have your own memes or mantras or whatever. There's a woman named Anna Sorokin who passed herself off as a wealthy German heiress to swindle banks, hotels and friends. She's in the process of being convicted for fraud. Not a cent to her name. I once met someone like this 20 years ago. And it's pretty interesting because seeing her reminded me that I need to tell you this quick story. When I got into investing as a firm 25 years ago, when I started taking other people's money and doing it for them instead of just for myself, I, I was consumed with being the best. And one of the things I would do is I would read voraciously at night. And there was a great tech investor. That's was like, how is he so good at this? His name was Alberto Vilar, and he ran an investment firm called Amarindo Investment Advisors. And I was I, I I think I had a boy crush on him in a way. You know, an investment boy crush. And what was fascinating was anytime he was on CBC, I'd found it. Like, I was was always going to be there for it kind of thing. Um, I'd get his uh, prospectuses. I'd read his writings. I'd I'd do everything I could. If he had a podcast, I'd listen to anything I could. And what was really cool is I got to meet him once. And uh, basically, I knew an Austrian man who was from a rich, wealthy Austrian family and had a ton of money. And I can't remember this guy's name, the Austrian man, but I kind of had boy meet girl. I was kind of going to be a deal maker. And if that rich Austrian man ended up doing business with Alberto Vilar, I thought I was going to get a commission or something like that. Right? So when I met Alberto Villar, he kind of talks like this. He only whispers. He doesn't really talk very loud. I'm like, what's up with his talking? So he does that because he knows that there's people like me who hang on his every word. And this guy was a philanthropist. He was raising millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for the opera. He once got he raised so much money for like a, uh, an opera house that he, he, he got his a whole picture of himself inside their, their programs. And I know you're saying, whoa. Um, so you raised money for the Berlin Opera, the L.A. Opera, the New York Opera. The story ends up with him going to jail. But at that lunch, I got to watch these two men pivot and, and like dance with each other, so to speak, about who's going to give each other money. And the, the Austrian guy, this was fascinating. He was a freedom fighter in World War II. And uh, he like blew up bridges and stuff like that. So he was part of the resistance. And I was like, that's fascinating. Ends up, they close the doors. I get kicked out. No deal ever gets done, right? Of years later i read an article about this austrian guy he was a fraud he, he wasn't part of the resistance he didn't have access to a lot of money he just told people he did so it would open doors got to be careful who you trust and then a couple of years after that alberto villar it turns out he was taking money from people like lily cates who is phoebe cates's mother and an heiress And he was misappropriating her money, saying, I'm going to invest it for you. So he kind of got in that pyramid scheme thing where he was taking five million from someone, giving it to the opera, getting into the opera. That opens doors to wealthy people, right? People don't go to the opera because it's good music. They go because there's wealthy people there that they can hobnob with. That's just my theory. La Boheme is okay as far as operas go. But VR ultimately went down. Because he got caught and he was sentenced to many, many, many years in prison. Here, I thought this guy was all that kind of smart, both of them, and they're both frauds. You got to be very, very careful who you work with and trust. An account should never, you should never write a check to someone. If you're writing a check, it should be to TD Ameritrade for your account. And then if someone takes that money out of your account, they're going to go to jail but it's not going to go it's not going to come down on as stupidity. You know, uh Bernie Madoff. When you heard Kevin Bacon was scammed out of money, you're like that's funny. But when you start thinking about it, it's not that funny. But then you start thinking about it, he must have had a business manager who wrote Bernie Madoff a check. Like he wasn't getting, you know, anytime there was a statement it was it was it was it, was, it wasn't coming from a real company. It was coming from an office in New York that said, you have this much money, Mr. Bacon. Here's how much money you have. You want to get that Mr. Bacon letter from TD Ameritrade from Fidelity or Vanguard, maybe like a bank of America. You do not want to be getting that statement from uh, Rob Black investments. That's a problem. When I start at Rob Black Invesco or something like that, I I want to take the word Invesco out because there is actually a company called Invesco. Um, That's where you get into trouble. So be cautious and know that like sometimes the people that you think are smart aren't that smart. Hope that works for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uber is going to be a big company. And they've done a very smart thing, in my opinion, by lowering the terms of their deal. Because we can compare it to Lyft at this point in time, and there's clearly a company is more conservative. Now, here's the kicker. What if they're not? You know, I'm saying trust no one. Sometimes companies cook the books. You got to be cautious. You got to be, and that's why you look at the management team and you see the CFO is, and CEO and the COO, and do they come from a track record of winning or failing? First thing I do before I invest in a company is I look at the management and I look at their track record. Because if they've had a, a, a history of success, I'm going to be, be more likely to buy in. I'm going to make up a quick example. Don't judge me on it. Sheryl Sandberg's worked for three of the greatest companies of all time as far as successes go, including Google and Facebook. If she leaves Facebook and goes somewhere, I'm probably going to take a look at where she goes. Does it make any sense to you? I don't know if it's like a general manager who built the... Boston Red Sox, World Series machine, juggernaut that it was, or the the Giants. And you go, oh, I'm going to follow wherever this guy goes. And he's going to make a winner wherever he goes because he knows how to win. There's some truth to that. So take a look at management. Have they got a track record of winning or losing? And you'll humble yourself at times when you take a look at a board of directors. Sometimes if it's a small company, you'll be like, um, I I, I think they have a, a, a whole bunch of no one's on their board. And they have a whole bunch of no buttons. They might be enamored for their first time in life. Like I'm on a board of directors. (laughs) Giddy up. Um, And they don't know how to be a good steward. They don't know how to protect the company. They don't know how to like uh, guide it in the right direction. So that's out there. Have you ever looked at a board of directors? Have you ever looked at a management team? And if you haven't and you're investing I don't think you know the whole story. And when you don't know the whole story, you're going to miss big parts of it. Big parts of it. And that's what can get you into trouble. I think most people should do, use index funds or exchange traded funds. Chad and I have talked about that recently. Um, because there's going to be a lot of people today who go, that Uber, I want to own some of them. I just got dinner the other night and it came from Uber Eats. They're losing money on Uber Eats first and foremost, right? Yes, I do think the future is in more peer-to-peer driving. The gig economy is not going away. The question is, when does it become autonomous? I don't think as fast as people think. You take a look at Uber and like you want them to become autonomous, but then you have to deal with every mayor of every city that they go into. Airbnb has a problem because they have to deal with mayors in every city, governors in every state, and then you start getting into foreign principalities and <laughs> the Italian mafia cliche, where you're like, I don't know if I can do business in it. I don't know anything about doing business in Italy. But they do. So there's a kind of a leap of faith that you take. But also look at these businesses as they're pretty hated. Uber is acting illegally in a lot of the places they're 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 operating right now. And their idea is we'll fix it later. <laughs> Does that fly with you? It's like your kid. Uh, you know, he eats pizza all day, eats pizza all day, eats pizza all day. He's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He's like, ma, ma, I'm going to take care of later. And next thing you know, he has a heart attack and dies. Right? So you can't always fix your problems later. Airbnb, I know people that used to, like on weekends, rent out their Airbnb. They'd go to their boyfriend's house and they'd rent out their apartment on Airbnb. And then the city started getting wise to that. And then you start getting into some legal issues. Friend of mine went Truckee Tahoe a couple of years ago. Got into Airbnb. Got into the hot tub. His six-year-old daughter is sitting in the hot tub, and it sucks out her intestines because she sat on like one of the vents or something, one of the circulators or something. Her intestines are hanging out of her body. They have to fly her to a hospital. The guy who was running the place didn't do a good enough job on safety and stuff like that. That's where Hilton comes in and does a good job. The surgeon who the first surgeon said I can't fix her. The second surgeon said I saw it on YouTube. I know what to do. Little girls growing up perfectly fine. That's what the problem with some of these companies are. I'm Rob Black.
0: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. good to be feels good for the first time
2: in a long yeah. time now. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing and more. I think one of the dream jobs everyone has is being a game show host. None better than Alex Trebek. I was just reading about him and uh, his fight with cancer and how he's uh, progressing and things along those lines. Uh, what a great gig to be a game show host, huh? But it ain't easy. Uh... One of the things I want to... Why am I bringing that up? There is a tie, and I'll, I'll figure out how to get there. I'm taking a look at Uber and Lyft. And one of the things I don't do on this show is I try to be as authentic as I can. And I know there's times where I'm not. So authenticity is super important. It's tied into integrity. One of the things I hate is when people will call, you know, drop me an email and say, hey, Ron, the other day you were talking about buying gold. I'm like, no, that wasn't me. You're listening to too many shows. and You're confusing us. And my name's not Ron. Um, there's a song, my Ting Ting's or something like that. That's my name is. What's my name? And it's uh, all about high school and how people don't know who you are. And it's that identity. And that's where we tie back into Alex Trebek. When you think about Alex Trebek, you think Jeopardy, right? One of the things I won't do is put crap on the air is put things that can hurt you. I, I try to do that as best I can. I, I, you're like, why don't you talk about stock options? I hear you can make a lot of money. Well, when I hear that you don't have a lot of money and you want to make a lot of money, I see that there's a disconnect. And I see that you're going to get used and someone's going to take advantage of you by trying to sell you into stock options. Options are very, very expensive to buy and very, very expensive to sell. You know who makes the money? The broker. Do You know who loses the money? You. When Uber's coming out and lifts out, I look at Lyft, I go, man, they're not in a good position. I don't short stocks, but if I did short stocks, that may be one that I want to short. I don't even talk about stuff like that on the air. Do you know why? Because in 1978, 79, I was at a theme park. I was a young boy. It was like a Six Flags, it was kind of, it was called uh, King's Dominion back in Virginia. And uh, I saw an invisible dog. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I just went to Amazon to see if these things are still around. And yes, they are. For $9, you can buy an invisible dog. Now, that's a lot cheaper than buying a Vishla who gets hurt at the beach. And it's $1,000. The vet puts $2,000 of options in front of you. And you're like, oh, I feel good. It was only $1,000. No disrespect to vets. Um, But it feels like sometimes like, wow, that was a big variation. So you can buy an invisible dog. It's going to eat a lot less. It's going to poop a lot less than a real dog, right? Probably love you just as much when all is said and done. I miss my dog, Maisie, so much. She died last year in July. Um, But an invisible dog leash, $8 at amazon.com. And it's just kind of like a, I think it's super starched or something like that. So it's a leash that looks like it's being, you're being pulled. Oh, it's a great gag. And I saw it at Kings Dominion when I was like eight, nine, 10 years old. I'm like, that looks awesome. I want one. And that's the problem. That's why I'll never short a stock because Americans are stupid. In the seventies, we also bought things called pet rocks. It's unbelievable. It was a rock in a box and it came with a name. It's a lot cheaper than a real pet, (laughs) but Americans are pretty darn stupid. We'll buy anything. So I look at a company like uh, Lyft, and I go, I think they can go shorter. I think they're going to go down. I think Uber's uh, Uber's got them where they want them. Got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. That's from some cartoon in my childhood, right? Can't get that thought out of my head. But I don't short stocks. I don't sell options. I don't have any product that's high margin. Um, I don't think you need it. And that's where I'm trying to get at with us is don't outsmart yourself. You know the people I, I disrespect the most who come to seminars? They're like, I think now it's time to get out of the market. I'm going to get out of the market now because I I think it's going to go lower. Don't ever get in the market if you want to get out of the market. You don't have a crystal ball. Now, you can cut your exposure if you're getting really nervous. Don't be an investor if you're going to be really nervous. There's a chart that I have on my, my office that shows the history of the Dow Jones Industrial Average for the last 70, 80 years. And guess what? It always goes up. Even during recessions, during, uh, not maybe during recessions, but after recessions, uh, whether it be Nagasaki, whether it be Hiroshima, whether it be World War One, World War II, whether it's Gulf War One, Gulf War II. Do you know who made me the most money in the market? Saddam Hussein. Because when I was investing actively, people would get scared and get out of the market. And I was like, I'm coming. I'm jumping in because we're going to get that guy. There's going to be a resolution that's positive, but he would go, oh, I'm going to blow you Americans up. Or maybe Iraqis or, you know, the different religions. I don't know who's threatened to blow up, but everyone would panic. Oil would go higher. The stock market would come down. Like when they caught him, finally, I'm like, I hope he escapes. I kind of need him to scare the U.S. one more time so I can make one more push. It was easy money. It was free money to me. So I don't sell a lot of products. I don't sell a lot of gimmicks. I don't sell a lot of fear. Uh, market's going to go down again. Don't get in if you think you, you need a crystal ball to predict it, is my advice. And if, you, if you're too greedy, I had to fire a customer 20 years ago. A client is the right way of saying it. Because he said, if I give you an extra 10,000, can you turn it into 100,000 by Christmas? I'm like, your expectations are, are crazy. So I had to, I had to cut them. Because those are the people who are going to sue you. The people who understand the business and you look at capitalism and you look at the stock market going up, it's all about capitalism. It has nothing to do about roller coasters. Anyway, my voice is fried. I've been talking too much this week. (coughs) Next Thursday, big seminar in Los Gatos at the Toll House. You can come out. I would love to see you. Just don't ask me to short the market. Don't ask me about stock options and don't call me Ron. Toll House Hotel next Thursday, 630 to 830. I'm going to give as much good information as I can. CFP, Chad Burton. Uh, runs the event. It's all about income and retirement, wealth preservation, estate planning. It's good stuff. And uh, for radio listeners, it's free. Use the code radio25. Uh, Sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Take care. Have a good weekend.